0: you and welcome to episode number 98 of the dynamite effect recapping the highs and lows from aw dynamite on tbs i am your host and humble guide keila cash thank you so much for joining me as week 159 of Topia continues happy thursday morning afternoon and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of wwe and aw continues and last night was aw dynamite going down live from The El Paso County Coliseum in El Paso, Texas, the first time AEW has run that market. It was a solid show, great opener, fantastic middle. And then the main event happened, which was definitely perplexing to say the least. But I do want to mention something regarding Tuesday's NXT that I did not cover on Wednesday morning. And that in all honesty, NXT as a promotion outside of Vengeance Day has been very flat as a television product, and hopefully the infusion of UK talent, Familiar Dragunov, Talibate, and Miko Satamora will infuse some mushy-knit life into this show to make it stand out a bit more on Tuesday nights. It's been very so-so as of late, which is preventing me from really going in on the review as I would like, so hopefully things will perk up next Tuesday, but I will shout out the main event of NXT involving Ding Dong Hello with Bailey and Toxic Attraction as Jessie Jane turned on Gigi Dolan. It was a barbershop moment very Brutus the barber beefcake when HBK turned on Marty Janetti well over 30 years ago super kick and then kicked her head in via the ding dong hello door that was a moment and I hope both ladies flourish in their new roles as heel and face respectively also a shout out goes to pretty deadly for being one of my favorite tag teams in all of professional wrestling right now they went through a loss at vengeance day and they sold it with bad hair and ill fitting clothes and they went through the motions in their match found a way to win to gain their confidence back but that really shows the layers that Elton Prince and Kit Wilson have as characters to pull this off the way they did this past Tuesday against Chase U so those are some things I liked from Tuesday's show and hopefully there's an upswing of momentum heading into stand and deliver in April because right now the television ratings for NXT are very flat they need to start peaking at the right time with Raw and Smackdown holding steady in the ratings every Monday and Friday night heading into the heart of WrestleMania season but that's enough NXT talk right now let's dive into Dynamite it was a Show that kicked off on a very good note with AEW world champion. Maxwell Jacob Freeman going up against Konovsky Teteshka. And this was a very good match. And these guys delivered on a very high level as MGF went after the left arm of Tateshka throughout. And at first MGF is trying to lure Tateshka in a handshake, but Teteshka quickly turns the tables with 10 corner punches and a jumping knee strike. And then of course MGF uses the referee as a shield to go after the left arm of Teteshka. And MGF hammerlocks. it goes for a DDT for a near fall. Tateshka reverses that and to up into the corner exploder. And that was followed by two corner boots and a brain buster for two. Tateshka goes on the top rope and he does the Edigoro shimmy, followed by a fog splash on MGF for another close new fall. He lands that driver into a wheelbarrow German suplex in a great spot as well that sends MGF on the outside to regroup. From there, MGF tries to pose Titeshka, but the tables turn when MGF eats is still to you deserve a chance from the live crowd. Back in the ring, Tateshka tries a moonsault, but he was crotched by MGF as he goes for a back suplex. But Teshka is going to go for the lariat. MGF reverses that, but eventually gets dropped with the lariat. But then Teshka gets in a little bit of trouble as MJF goes after the left shoulder once again to lock in the salt of the earth submission. And Tateshka is able to break the hold at the last minute as M.G.F. is once again sent on the outside with Tateshka landing a somersault dive. As M.G.F. gets back in the ring he shoves the referee once again and gets a low blow on Tateshka and goes after the bad arm once again. Both men trade strikes until Tateshka goes for a Rana. M.G.F. counters that into a power bomb on his knee. M.G.F. favors his knee upon landing and Titeshka takes advantage with a blue thunder bomb that pops the crowd for a very close near fall from there. Tateshka goes for his pump knee. but M.G.F. gets a rope break at the last minute and- and as Tateshka goes on the ropes for a springboard Satanatomako, MJF once again goes after the arm of Tateshka, locks in the start of the earth, and he makes Tateshka submit and he does a little bit of jerking in the ring for reasons and he proceeds to put on his dynamite diamond ring and knock out Diteshka and Diteshka is a bloody mess in the ring as Brian Danielson comes to his rescue to wrap up a very heated opening segment of AEW Dynamite and I love the match it was very good both guys have only scratched the surface of what they can do against each other in a longer match but this was a great way to kick off Dynamite with the crowd surprisingly split for MJF as they would say let's go Maxwell Maxwell sucks so he still has a ways to go to truly be reviled. He tried that via a promo later in the show backstage, which was definitely something as he talked about impressing this girl he was dating in high school and they had a joy ride in a car. She was giving him some head and then there was a car crash into a telephone pole and He woke up and she cracked her head on the windshield and he knows all about facing adversity. So he said he took her lifeless body and switched seats and he blamed her for the car crash. That was very, very morbid. And he vowed to expose Danielson for the loser that he is and he's proud to be a scumbag. And for me, I honestly believe that he's trying everything in his power to be reviled and that promo definitely worked because it just came off scummy and cruel and evil and I know that's who he's trying to be but I keep going back to before full gear last year this guy was getting cheered by the people he was getting some of the biggest pops on the show and he was leaning into it of course it was a ruse at the end of the day but I think there was an opportunity to really cement him as he taught babyface in AEW and I think there has been money left on the table and ever since then mjf's been overcompensating to be booed by the people last night was probably on the low end of promos for him to get that kind of heel heat but i just feel like aw missed an opportunity to really lean into mjf the anti-hero the guy with shades of gray who's been through a lot that can be sympathetic when need be he was a guy that you could root for at various points against CM Punk and when he was talking his shit with William Rico last year as well. He's very captivating as a babyface, and I feel like AEW has left a little bit of money on the table in regards to making this guy the top face in the company and he's leaning in very heavily on being the most hated guy in the company and if not the industry which I get but at the same time the people want to cheer him. The split reactions said a lot last night, and he's trying his best to be reviled. And that promo definitely helped because I felt a little scummy after it was all said and done. Next up is Jamie Hader versus the bunny. And this match was kind of cut short due to the bunny landing awkwardly on one of Jamie Hader's exploded suplexes. She landed on her head, might have had her bell rung, and that led to Jamie hitting the hater raid for the win. So this was a very abrupt way to end the match. But for safety purposes, for the bunny's sake, I hope hope that she's okay because that was a gnarly bump she took on her head next up is Ricky Starks in this Guevara Garcia gauntlet match invitational if you ran the gauntlet he would face Chris Jericho one-on-one once again even though Starks already beat Jericho at the top of the year but I digress on that so it was Angelo Parker in first, and he had some moments of offense trying to rake the eyes of Ricky Starks. The Starks lands a rush and the spear on Parker for the win. The next up is Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and he quickly gets rolled up by Ricky Starks for the one, two, three. Next up in the match is Daniel Garcia. And surprisingly enough, Garcia dominates a large chunk of this match. As we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break, we come back and we have Garcia, cinching in a guillotine choke after a spear counter by Stark. Starks powers up into a power bomb. Starks goes up top, but Garcia meets him right there for a superplex. He holds on, but Starks is going to counter that into a Northern Lights bomb for a very close near fall. Both men are fighting on the apron, trading for and slaps until Starks lands a spear on the apron. And as Starks gets back up, he is knocked out with a Judas effect by a maxed man in the crowd. I wonder who that could be. And this leads to Garcia rolling Starks back in the ring to pin him and magically, the guy hops over the barricade, unmasks, and it's another than Chris Jericho who screws Starks out of this smash and victory to face him one-on-one once again. And I know that Starks will get his win back on Jericho eventually, but I just want a Jericho feud to end with someone being a made man definitively. We had to wait a couple of years for Orange Cassidy to really have his moment as a champion in AEW. Eddie Kingston gained very little from a Jericho feud last year, which disappointed me greatly. And now it's Ricky Starks' turn to hopefully win a feud outright against Chris Jericho and be better off for it. That is my hope because Starks is licensed to print money as a top tier babyface that could be a champion in AEW very, very soon. And I'm still irked by Garcia. This guy should be a top tier baby face in the Blackpool Combat Club. But I think that storyline has been botched as well with him tagging along with and Guevara. And I think that's another delayed moment of you had it last year when Garcia was not about that sports entertainment life. He said, fuck this bucket hat and this piece of shit. And then you have him realign with Jericho and turn on Brian Danielson. Choices and I still stand by that. So this has been very curious booking surrounding the Jericho Appreciation Society over the last few months. And hopefully, Ricky Starks comes out on the other side as a winner. Because if not, that would be choices by AEW, to say the least. Next up is Brian Danielson versus Roosh in his final match to face MGF and Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship at Revolution next month in San Francisco. And at first we didn't think the American Dragon would make this match because MGF had the door locked and Danielson was trapped in the locker room with Tateshka and eventually Danielson is going to kick down the door, fight off some members of Roosh's crew in the form of Jose the assistant in press fans 10. So Danielson gets in the ring before 10 thanks to a very lax count by Aubrey Edwards, but Roosh immediately goes after Danielson with a corner splash and a snap drop kick. Danielson fights back with several chops and headbutts, but Roosh is going to hit a German suplex and send Danielson on the outside into the race. Railing, and Danielson's head is busted wide open. There's blood everywhere and Rouge is opening up that wound. There is blood on his hand and he's going to try to lick it clean. But Aubrey says, hell no, we don't do that here. And from there, Rouge is just beating Danielson's ass on the floor, opening up that wound. But Danielson fights back on the apron and they have a nasty slap battle that pops the crowd and then Danielson is going to charge at the Roosh and he hits an overhead throw on Danielson, sends him on the floor and the blood splatters. Into the camera lens, which is absolutely sickening but cool at the same time as we go picture in picture. This match continues and it is bloody and violent as he goes for the bullhorns and decides to pose instead. Danielson goes for the label lock, but Roosh grabs ropes at the last minute. Roosh is trying to size up a dive from Danielson, but he's gonna land the dive out of the corner to the floor and he has Roosh in the steel chair having a seat and Danielson is going to do a charging running drop kick. There rocks Roosh in a great spot His blood also splatters on the camera once again. They're back in the ring and he lands a top rope drop kick in the ring to Roosh as well. And from there, there is a gnarly chop battle back and forth and you can feel the tension in the ring and the fans are popping for everything as Roosh goes for the bullhorns once again Danielson lands his corner drop kick. Roosh cuts him off with a straight jacket power driver but to put away Danielson so from there we have Roosh delivering Numerous forearms. Danielson goes to ballorns again, but Danielson is going to rock him to Busaku knee. Takes a little too long to make the cover and Rouge kicks out at two. From there, there there's another forearm battle between both guys that leads into a headbutt battle. Both men ramming their heads against each other over and over and over and over again. Rouge goes for a German suplex, but Danielson lands on his feet and hits Busaku knee once again to win an absolutely brutal match. Best match of Danielson's series of matches against Bandito, Timothy Thatcher, Gnosuke Diteshka, just to name a few on top of Brian Cage. This guy has went through the absolute most, but every match he's had in the last four to five weeks have been stellar, and he stands tall. He will face MJF for the AEW World Championship in a Iron Man match next month at Revolution, but MJF is going to waste no time attacking Brian Danielson by knocking him out with a dynamite diamond ring and locks in the salt of the earth to add insult to injury on that already bad shoulder of Danielson and security tries to break things up as we go to commercial break. Great series of matches. MGF is trying to be the most hated guy in AEW once again. We'll see how it goes as he must go one-on-one with Danielson for that title in an Ironman match. 60 minutes will be the test. We'll see if MGF will pass Revolution next month in San Fran. Next up is an AEW World Trios Championship match involving the Elite, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks versus top flights Dante and Darius Martin and A.R. Fox. This match really picked up after the commercial break with Darius Martin blocking a super kick from Matt Jackson and landing a Spanish flight before making the hot tag to A.R. Fox who rose through a dive to Omega and hits a satan on Nick Jackson. Fox fights off the Elite with a number of cutters with wiping out the Bucks with a dive on the outside. He lands a dive on Kenny Omega too. When Lancey Summersaw died on the Bucks one more time for good measure back in the ring. Omega was dropped with a Seton Atomico and low main pain by Fox, who makes the tag to Dante Martin, who goes absolutely crazy into Matt Kusamov with a locomotion Northern Light suplex. Dante avoids the third, makes a blind tag to Darius Martin, who goes on the locomotive Northern Light suplex ride as well, alongside Dante and AR Fox, who was stacked by Matt Jackson as well. At one point, we have Dante Martin. Recover and land a spike DDT on Nick Jackson for a near fall. Fox lands an inverted 450 splash onto the floor onto everyone besides Nick Jackson as he was dropped at the nosedive by Dante and Darius Martin. Era Fox gets the hot tag and lands a 450. Splash on Nick Jackson, which is broken up at the very last possible moment by Kenny Omega. Fox goes for another low main pain on Nick, but Omega's gonna hit him with a snap suplex off the ropes. Dante takes out Omega with a flying lariat as Matt goes crazy with super kicks and a standing slice bread. Number two, Fox goes after the Bucks, but was dropped with an assistant more bang for your buck. Nick, with help from his brother, has a smooth salt to the floor to wipe out top flight as Omega lands a V trigger on Fox followed by a Dr. Bomb for two and once again Omega lands a V trigger on Fox goes for his finisher the one-winged angel but Fox rolls through for a near fall and they're trading roll-ups and covers until Kenny Omega rolls up Fox for the win and I... Really enjoyed this match. It was all action throughout, and I thought AR Fox was the star. He was putting in that work. He was flying all over the place, and he really put on a show against Kenny Omega down the stretch, and this was a not-so-easy win for the elite. They had to scratch and claw their way to victory. A roll-up was a way for them to skate by because Kenny Omega could not hit his finisher on Fox, which might have been a way to reopen the door for a rematch down the road, which would be great to see as all six guys can go at a very high level for the trios championship and with that the show peaked with this summer main event his next up was the acclaimed max caster and anthony bowens versus the guns austin and Coast and gun for the AEW world tag team titles this was i'm gonna be very honest a very disappointing main event the crowd loved the acclaimed it was going well enough with the acclaimed landing shiver me timbers on Austin Gunn. As we go to commercial break, picture in picture with the gun club taking control and keeping Caster away from Anthony Bowens. Caster was able to get free and make the tack to Bowens, and he goes crazy with a series of strikes on the guns. But eventually, we get some miscommunication by the acclaimed. The guns regain control, and as Bowens goes for a discus forearm on Austin Gunn, he's going to put the referee in front of him, and the referee takes the hit and bump outside the ring. Austin Gunn lands the quick draw on Bowens, grabs the title, but Billy Gunn gets in the ring and he shoves Bowens out of the way and takes the belt shot by Colton Gunn, who hits his dad with one half of the AEW World Tag Team title belts. And from there, Bowens hits the arrival in Austin Gunn. Caster hits the mic drop, but the referee is still down, and he is not going to be able to make the count in time. So we got Caster going to wake up the referee, but in doing so, we have Colton break up a pin attempt by the referee. Then Bowens tries to roll up, and once again, he was sent into the ropes where he was clocked by the. Colton Gun with the title belt and that allows Austin Gunn to roll up Bowens for the win with a very slow count to follow by the referee after the match is over the crowd cannot believe this they cannot believe this outcome no scissoring tonight And the Gun Club celebrate on the main stage. And Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed are shocked in the ring. It's very awkward because you expect some kind of angle to end the show without everybody just standing there confused as to what's happening. And Billy Gunn is trying to console Anthony Bowens and Max Casters their music plays. It's very weird to have the show end on this note and to have the Gun Club be tag team champions over the Acclaimed. Choices, I have to say. The Acclaimed were over as a tag team rightfully so over everywhere they went and to give the titles to the gun club not feeling it they're not a strong tag team never thought they were and to have them be belted last night was definitely a choice not a good one this was perplexing booking by AEW and I would love to know why heading into next week's show because I cannot foresee this being a very long title run But we shall see. But this was a way to really suck the air out of that arena because the fans were waiting for the acclaimed to walk out as champions. And if he was going to do it this way, then Billy Gunn should have turned as well. But that would have been like other faux pas because he already did that last year and reunited with the acclaimed a short time later. So have Billy Gunn be with the acclaimed long term. Don't be wishy-washy about it, but now the gun club are champions, and I do wonder how Billy feels about that. His son's winning their first major championship, and he's not by their side. Will that change in the next week or two? We'll see, but I still thought this was a very flat way to end what was otherwise a good dynamite up until that questionable ending, and with that, this wraps up. A good dynamite could have been great if the main event was booked a bit better, and it kind of left me in a sour mood when it was all said and done because the booking was definitely a choice, not a good one. And I just hope the follow through is a bit better than what we got last night. But this was on the weekend. Of AEW Dynamite main events. Hate to say it but it's true. I love the acclaimed very much. But the gun club. They don't do much for me in the ring. As a tag team. Spots were mistimed and missed last night. And they have the belts now. Definite choices. I miss the days of Swerving Our Glory. The Bucks. Jungle Boy. And Luchasaurus. I'll take Scorpio Sky and Faker Gazarian at this point. Just choices. I'll even take Hangman and Omega. But this tag team championship run by the guns better be a short one heading into Revolution next month in San Fran. But otherwise, check out Brian Danielson versus Roosh. That was a highlight of last night's show. A bloody, bruising battle. MJF being an asshole. Still a choice in my eyes as well, who I think could be way more valuable as a babyface down the road. But I will say he set the tone beautifully last night against to Teshka, which kind of makes up for me wanting him to be a good guy for now. But that would be my agenda until further notice. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 98 of The Dynamite Effect. Recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Topia there you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TNT, followed by The Spring of Sessions which drops every Monday morning right here on WST as well. You know what to do such a and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Monday morning for episode number 11 of The Spring of Sessions recapping the week that was for Sprina on GH there will not be a Smackdown wind down slash AW Rampage late night rager this Saturday morning due to me having a prior commitment heading into the Elimination Chamber pay per view next Saturday on Peacock my apologies this is the final show of the week hopefully you enjoyed it and it holds you over until next week but if you missed anything from the last week or so dive into the archives don't be afraid to dip your toes in to enjoy the week that was for WWE AW and a little bit of GH if you dare dip your toes in on that as well so until monday morning and or tuesday for my wwe lovers out there that need your raw verdict fix enjoy your thursday your friday your saturday your sunday and your manic monday stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands see you later boys and girls take care